This is Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication on the No Direction Network. Danielle, Denise, and Ben interview tabletop designers on the games they've made. Together, they unbox how a game went from inspiration to publication. Episode zero, meet us. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Danielle Reynolds, a board game designer by night and marketer by day. Joined with me is Denise. Uh, I am a nonprofit professional working in strategy, and I love all things board games. And your friend, Ben Moy. I am an aspiring game designer. You're not aspiring if you have something published. I'm getting more is all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So in episode zero, we want to just introduce ourselves to our listeners and kind of talk about what you are going to expect in the next few weeks and months and hopefully years of this podcast. So first, I want to start with Denise. What got you into gaming? My whole life, uh, I played cards and, you know, simple games like party games like Balderdash or Monopoly, etc. with family or friends growing up. And then in college, I really got into Catan, like many of us, um, and also long nights of playing Pinochle. Uh, my sophomore year, I probably paid, played Pinochle until 3 a.m. almost the entire year uh, and really found just a sense of peace and fun and enjoyment when I got to sit at a table with friends and play games. Since then, I have started a meager, small collection of gaming since Catan and added in here and there different fun games. But it wasn't really until the last um, four years living here in Chicago, where I found a community of people who also love gaming. And I was introduced to how far board games have come in the last 20 years. Uh, and it sort of changed my life. And I would say board games are now uh, almost a essential part of my existence. Um, I game almost every day, either online um, and before COVID uh, with friends um, at homes or meetups and things like that. And now I'm using Zoom and other virtual platforms. So that's sort of been my journey with gaming and um, it's been really, really incredible and hopefully it will continue. Oh, I'm sure it will by the sounds of that. <laughs> so Ben, who are you and what got you into gaming? Hey, Danielle, I uh, am a, a graduate of the University of Illinois with a degree in product design, industrial design. And I'd say that that has definitely fueled me in my board game design pursuits. Uh, as a kid, I used to love making up my own satirical superheroes. Uh, so just before the recording, we were talking a little bit about Black Panther. And so I sort of made my own version of him and Batman combined uh, called Phantom Feline. So little things like that to really just stretch my creativity and also imagination uh, with all my different hobbies and such. And I myself ran into modern board games, uh, I would say my senior year of college, of university. And uh, there was actually a local board game design competition there that was hosted by the community at large in Champaign-Urbana, Kudo Plays. And uh, entering it with a few of my classmates and friends uh, was really what sparked the fire that has gotten me into the entire board game community as a whole. Uh, 
especially online, but also at different convention circuits and such. And I've just kind of, yeah, been here ever since. I love the collaborative nature of it. I love the community again. And I've made so many yeah friends through it, including yourself and now Denise. Um, so it's really cool to hear about Pinochle, Denise. A friend of mine was just talking about it and neither of us have played it. So really curious. Uh, eventually we'll have to off the air, yeah, figure out a, a time to play and learn. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, I'd be more than happy to. I haven't played in quite some time, but I think of it as the newer bridge, the newer version of bridge. The younger bridge. Yes. <laughs> For the hip, cool card playing folks. <laughs> and what about you, Danielle, as our uh, leader host, hostess? How have you found yourself in the world of board games? First off, I enjoy leader hostess. That's hilarious. <laughs> Secondly, I got into gaming. Well, when I was younger, I did quite a bit of it just through like our neighbors a block over. They were the only people I knew that had kind of hobby games. Back when everyone was playing Monopoly, I was learning what like Cathedral was and Blockus at the time was less known and just various different fun games that are more mass market now. But I grew up playing games with my family and then I kind of came to college And it slowed down a bit, except for the occasional game night where I would, as my friends would say, pull a Danielle and invite way too many people into our tiny, tiny dorm room that's like a a cell. And so I had a lot of fun playing games, but it wasn't until about a year and a half, two years after graduating that I was working at Fujifilm Graphic Systems and me and one of the other employees there were super comic book nerds. And I'd always wanted to go to C2E2 in Chicago, but I never had anyone to go with me because I was very big into like Halloween and like cosplay at the time. And finally, I had someone who's like, yeah, let's go. Except then he ended up working a booth. So I went with a different uh, coworker who ended up ditching me at C2E2. But it was probably one of the best things that could have like ever happened in my life because I ended up randomly talking to Blind Fairy Entertainment, this Canadian entertainment uh, company that did like comic books, RPGs. They used to run board game Bento, and they appreciated my cosplay at the time. It was the black-suited Mary Marvel from the Shazam movie, and they noticed my like high heels, and they asked me if I wanted to sit down because they were very nice. They offered me a fan-made cookie, which I did not eat because I did not know what that fan put in that cookie. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and... I just like started talking to them. And eventually this guy who would become one of my best friends in the entire world, Ryan Costello comes up and is like, who is sitting in my chair? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Here, take your chair back. But of course, like Canadians are super nice. And he's like, oh, no, no, you can like sit there. I was just kidding. And then offered me purchased food that was not from a fan. And we got to talking. And at the time, since I was working at Fujifilm, I was able to print using these like, oh my gosh, $3 million printers, like anything you want to print it could print out. So I helped them get all of their uh, booth stuff ready for Gen Con and PAX Unplugged. And I just like did that in exchange for badges to go to these conventions and to work at their booth. So really, they got the really good deal out of that. I was just super excited to jump into something new. And because of that, 
very quickly, we grew a friendship. He introduced me to some games. I visited him, him and his family in Montreal. And I just like got brought back in and just went super speed into game design. He brought me to parties, introduced me to different designers, different companies as he was going around curating for Board Game Bento. And eventually I kind of like went off on my own and just kept doing it myself. And it's been like two, two and a half years since then. And my journey is just beginning, I'm sure. Sounds like it. Yeah, that's awesome. What a what a crazy, crazy story. <laughs> I will say I'm not surprised, though, because Danielle and I also met at a convention and you're incredibly bubbly and friendly and kind. And I I am not surprised at all that you were able to just meet a random stranger and then eventually end up um, staying with them and becoming friends with them. It's very in keeping with you, which is one of the things that's really awesome about you. Too true. Oh my God. Yeah, I will say in meeting you, funniest thing ever, because I applied to one of those speed pitching competitions, actually got in without actually having a ticket to the convention itself. And so the Dice Tower Con in Florida, I was like, crap, okay, I got to go. But I was out of vacation time already. And it was, so I flew out and flew back just on 4th of July because I had to be back on Friday because my boss was out. And so I was like, crap, do I get in a do I get a hotel? Do I not? And then I'm just like messaging on one of those boards and found Denise, who ended up also being in the Chicago area. Super weird. It's meant to be. Yes, it was meant to be. And then we had Ben. I remember when I met you, I showed up to Brian Cable's board game night um, at like our local friendly board game. And you came up and you're like, hey, Danielle, hugged me. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I didn't realize that we had been messaging through Facebook and stuff like many other designers. Isn't that so, so weird? Funny. Yeah, like when you finally meet someone in person, it's just like, yeah, we've kind of known each other, but not in person. So like how how familiar are we kind of thing? It's it's really, really cool. I love it going to different conventions and yeah, finally getting to say hi face to face. No, that was that was perfect. I'm glad you went for the hug because I never know. Do you do a handshake or a hug? And it's like very quickly I realized I knew you. I was just oh, a little yeah. off. I was like, whoa, wait, hi. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we'll be we'll be asking first uh, from yeah here on forward. I think, but yeah, I am I am a hugger for sure. So Denise, when we uh, you know meet up for our inaugural uh, in person recording of this unboxed podcast, uh, we will maybe hug. Yeah, up to you. she'll have months to decide yes vaccines willing that's when i will hug people again yes absolutely (laughs) sounds like the smart move if we're being completely honest here oh my gosh well hey i mean ben you introduce yourself as an aspiring game designer but like what are your goals in this industry yeah i would love to man just say hi to everyone in person uh, at some point in my life that's statistically probably impossible but uh you know getting a few of my games into people's homes and then just being able to interact with them yeah directly would be such a blessing you know it uh, put it simply because i really really enjoy meeting people and becoming friends with people it's sort of yeah who i who i am and i uh have been a theater kid for a long long time i think that also kind of feeds into how i enjoy social interactions and in public spaces bouncing off of people and feeding off of their energy like i think the three of us already have some pretty cool stuff going on and can't wait to see yeah where 
the rest of this will go in the future. No, that is definitely great. I will say that you do more than just that. I mean, you put together those videos for the Game Crafter. You had a really cool internship. I mean, just saying hello, you're definitely going to get that done. Yeah. So, Denise, what about you? Uh... My aspirations uh, tend to change, uh, (laughs) which is probably a good thing given the world we're in right now. Be willing to adjust and be flexible. It's a very Mm. great practice uh, in this era. Uh, I would say, so I have a couple of games that I am designing a party game that I've... I'm probably at a point where I could probably bring it to an unpub or something like that uh, when and had actually had this great plan to bring things to the September one here in uh, Chicago. But that didn't happen. And that's OK. Uh, I'm also working on a pretty meaty, uh, very thinky game, a heavy game that's based on um, a lot of my experiences working in the nonprofit realm. And so I would love to get that prototype ready and shared out someday. So I do have some aspiring design ideas and things that I am slowly but surely putting more effort into every day. And then I also am just really excited. I have bought a ton of equipment. We were just talking about this earlier, but I would like to get started on a YouTube channel where I'm talking about games I love, doing some Let's Plays, uh, and and uh, just kind of sharing uh, my excitement and enthusiasm to try and, A, I think, bring more representation um, of folks who look like me in the sort of board game reviewer chatting space. And also because I have so many friends and family who are asking for those kinds of things, and I would really love to be able to share it. So hopefully in a month or two, I will have some videos put together um, and we'll be sharing those out. And you can hopefully introduce more people to more great games that they may not have thought about um, or had been um, exposed to yet. So that's that's a little bit of my aspiration. As you can see, I run the gamut a little bit, um, uh, but I'm I'm excited for all of it, and I, I really excited for this. Excited for um, this opportunity to really learn more from so many incredible designers about their process. Not a competition, but that was such a better answer than mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Denise, I'm super excited to subscribe to your YouTube, especially when you told me that you were going to do a lot of like solo modes and just solo games, because I feel like there's not a lot of that out there. And normally it's not that great in the nicest way of saying, but I don't know with what's going on right now. I need to start solo gaming more mm-hmm. and I'm excited to watch you do it first to see if it's worth my time. <laughs> And I, I will say, <laughs> I make videos of me playing games by myself. Already, they're already out. It's just fun. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I live alone, and so I <laughs> things to entertain me. So I figured, let's just start putting this stuff out there. Um, and yes, I hope, I hope it will bring uh, at least a few smiles and a little bit of entertainment. Um, for you, Danielle, and anyone else who listens. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it will. (laughs) And the nicest way of saying, is the party game the one you were talking about that's kind of like got a little bit of murder mystery-ish? Yes. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've actually play tested it. I did a little like it was when it was completely new with you, Danielle, but then I've played it twice already with my gaming group and I've gotten feedback and edits and changes. So that's why I was like, oh, so it's ready to get feedback from more people. Yes. Um, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to hold off on that, uh, that party game and uh, spend some time digging into the heavier almost Vital Lacerda like game because that that's gonna take me a long time. So at least I'm sure you need projects right now. Never mind. I know you don't need projects. You keep adding projects. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then what about you, Danielle? Uh what are your aspirations? Oh boy. Definitely along the lines of Ben, I do want to meet all of uh, the people I keep meeting on social media, especially right now. That would be great. Play some games with them. And of course, getting one of my many games published would be awesome. I feel like I'm working on at least 12 different designs right now. I'm slowly getting better at picking and choosing ones to focus on for a few weeks versus just like popping back and forth like multiple designs. Um, So that is really big. Like I'm sure when I get that first game out there, I'm going to lose my mind and most likely throw myself a party because I am the kind of person that does parties for even like getting couches. Like I had a couch warming party. That's awesome. Literal, literal couch warming party. I literally had a couch warming. Yes. I filled all the seats. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's exactly it. (laughs) So definitely doing that. Um, You guys are helping fulfill one of mine because I've always wanted to do a podcast and through the years, I wasn't sure like what I wanted to do, but then this idea came to me and I'm so happy you guys kind of jumped on with me and hopefully uh, it's going to go well and you guys are going to enjoy it as much as in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy that $500 even more, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. The bribe, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh no, I mean... <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, he's he's a good negotiator. <laughs> AKA I lost my wallet when I visited him and he hasn't given it back. There's <laughs> <laughs> no, every license in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, nah, you're too friendly. I mean, gosh, your Facebook has like your friend Ben Moy in it. So I guess like the biggest question is why did you guys decide to say yes to jumping on to this podcast with me? Well, I mentioned earlier, I have already invested in some equipment uh, for recording and things like that. I was thinking more for a YouTube channel, um, as I said earlier, but uh, I am very open to a podcast and I was really excited to hear from you, Danielle, in particular, because one of the bummers of COVID is not getting to see you. I felt so excited for everything I was learning about board game design and the community in general. And a lot of that halted because of the pandemic and the opportunity to get back into the conversation and learning and um, talking about board games, particularly this topic of taking something from an idea, as the podcast says, from inspiration to publication is a process that I think for a lot of folks can feel invisible or implicit. And it can maybe feel a little difficult to understand, well, what 
what is happening? What does go on behind the scenes? And I'm really excited to learn myself, but also for other folks to hear and for people who may feel like, oh, I can't do that or I don't know if I can take this idea. I want them to feel encouraged and empowered to have more information, hear so many different stories and realize that they can also tell their story and get involved because I think that will make the board gaming community even better. So I'm really just was inspired by the premise and the opportunity to work with you, Danielle, and now with you, Ben. Um, and it's excited to, yeah, to kind of be a part of something that I think could be really meaningful for board gaming, which has been something that's been meaningful for me. No, I love that answer. Cause I mean, when I thought about it, I thought of all the podcasts where you get to learn about this designer and they kind of like briefly touch on each game or each group or series of games. And I was like, I want to know more about that. I used to love the like cooking show Unwrapped where they really took that deep dive into like how Skittles or Jolly Ranchers got made. And the idea of here is this game that maybe it did really well, maybe it didn't do as well, but like why that happened? Like where did it start? How did it become published and like where is it now like looking back are people still playing it or is this something that you wish maybe you'd gone with a different publisher you'd done something different like we can learn something oh thank you denise yeah that is uh pretty much where i'm at too where i uh love stories and hearing about uh, from other people's experiences um i may or may not be the youngest uh host on this podcast. And so, I mean, I have always looked up to people, um, my whole life and getting a chance to continue that trend, but also hopefully, uh, share some of insights from voices that may or may not have been heard thus far is also very close to me, uh, as well. And just as Denise touched on about representation and, and other people too, you know, there are, uh, you know, your Vitals and, and your Bruno Catalas and everything, but what about, uh, some of the designers who have had, like, uh, you're kind of alluding to Danielle, a single or maybe two or three, uh, designs and, you know, how are they and, and, you know, what's just going on in their lives? Uh, definitely something I'm curious about and, uh, yeah, learning from those experiences and, again, sharing them with the greater audience sounds like the best time right now, or at least something that we can do to brighten these current times. Oh, for sure. No, it's nice to have a project, especially as winter is coming. <laughs> there is a game coming out soon called Endless Winter, and it looks really great. I've been watching it on like Facebook, social media and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that is that is right. We will all be hunkering in for a little while, I think. And getting cozy uh, underneath our blankets recording podcasts. For sure. So as far as the show goes, if you could have anyone come on or like have any game discussed to really unwrap, figure out where they came up with the idea, how they play tested it and how they either pitched it or kickstarted or just self-funded, what person or game would you want if you could have like your dream pick? So my answer maybe is a little different or straight. It's a little outside the box, even in that as I am looking at the box, there is no designer on it. And that leads to why I want to talk to whoever designed the game. Wait, you don't know who designed this game? Uh, I'm going to have to open the box because it's literally not on the box. Oh, oh okay. I found it. It's on the back in the bottom corner. So I'll tell you the game. So first I'll say a little bit about my game group and I love 
mystery-driven narrative games. So we got started, or I will say, I got them hooked, starting first time with a game like Eldritch Horror. Um, and now that I think about it, Nikki Valens, they would be somebody who I would love to talk to. Their mm. games, the ways that they inter interweave lore and character-driven development and mysteries into the mechanisms of a game is incredible. And genuinely, if there was anyone I would aspire to be like, it would be Nikki Valens, in part just because all of their games have been so good and so fascinating. Uh, but that leads me to this game, which is Escape Tales. These, this is a series of games. They've had two installments thus far. A third installment is coming out um, in October. And these are almost, imagine taking the exit games. Yeah. Take, take those games and then times them by 10. So, Whoa, like on difficulty level? Uh, in terms of hours and sometimes oh, wow. difficulty level as well. So taking the narrative, <laughs> like the exit games are amazing because you do get a narrative and you get really interesting puzzles. And for the harder ones, and I will say we prefer the harder exit games, they're really great, but they're only an hour, if that. The Escape Tale games do the same exact thing, but are nine to 10 hours. And provide a even deeper narrative experience, but with really incredible, fun puzzles. The first installment in particular, we just were blown away by some of the puzzles in there and still talk about it to this day. Um, we didn't like the second one as much, but that's basically saying A plus to A minus for us. And we're looking forward to the third one. And so I'd love to talk to them about that very premise. How do you come up with these incredible puzzles and at the same time weave together narrative and character across so many different possibilities? And I'm curious about the time it takes to do that and the process that they take. Because I, I, I genuinely think it as a person who's experiencing it, I think it has to be one of the most time intensive, difficult ways to design a game when you are truly playing out one of 30 different weight paths people can take. Can you imagine playtesting 30 different paths? Multiple I honestly times? can't. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. So that's, I, for me, that's where I would love to meet them. Um, uh, that, that would be the group that I'd be most excited. It's two designers and I'd be really excited to meet them. Um, Jacob, Jacob Caban and Bartos Ids. Kowski are the designers, at least of Escape Tales Low, Low Memory. I don't know if they've done all three, but I'd be really excited to talk to them. I feel like we need to get a cabin in the woods and play this. <laughs> you should. I recommend it. Ben, how about you? Oh, what about me, Danielle? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Denise, you're just blowing me out of the water here. Nothing I say can compare. I love it. <laughs> I, who designers, huh? Oh, man. Okay. I feel like I... Uh, not, not that I know, not that I know every, you know, designer, have them all on my speed dial or anything, but, uh, I but would, you're friends with most of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> what you're saying. What I was getting at is like, I would love to, um, just like meet more board game artists, right? Um, it's really cool to see just like with the design, 
how a successful game can really put someone on the map. Um, one such artist that I can think of by name is Quan Shai Moria, who has done a bunch of Renegade game cover art and things, um, as well as others that he, I believe, just freelances for. And, you know, like sort of finding out what, just as the same as this introductory episode of the podcast, how they got into it, you know, what the negotiations were for the forced, uh, for the forced game, for the first game and learning, you know, if they have kind of continued with board games or, uh, diverged kind of back to what their original sort of genre of art was, whether it was like maybe film or just fine art in general, like web comics or something. Um, I know that there was a successful Kickstarter game by a friend, uh, Scott Smith, Jason Maselli, uh, of face shift games. And they brought in a, an artist who I don't believe had ever done a board game before a card game for, uh, their campaign dungeon drop, which has like super cute artwork. And it's just like, you know, how did you find this person? Uh, I mean, from what I understand, it's a lot of uh, searching, yeah, online and looking for the right style and things like that. But it's just kind of really neat. There's so many designer and publisher networks, but uh, I'd love to get a little peek behind even the artist network as well. Like who does uh, Fantasy Flight, you know, commission or or Wizards of the Coast for their all their new magic cards and things like that. Um, just really interested in, in sort of that portfolio also. Um, but I, I just love the entire creative process really. And, uh, design, graphic design, uh, marketing sales, all that stuff that is involved with this artists, of course, then too, uh, would be someone that I would love to spend an afternoon tea with. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Cause honestly, you know, the board game Koi by uh, smirk and dagger. I've seen it. Yeah. So Yeah. uh, When I was talking to Kurt about it, the reason I was so fascinated by the game was the idea of how the artist came about and the different like mediums and like materials that they used and how it was like a painting. That was really cool. And that's what like your whole story was kind of reminding me of because you do not think about the artwork always like you kind of look at it when you're buying it because if a game has not so great art, you tend to not buy it. But that is really cool. We'll definitely have to do a few episodes along those lines. Yeah, that would be really, really great. Like uh, I've gotten to meet uh, Vincent Dutrait, uh, which was pretty awesome. He's done uh, uh, just like a landslide of board games. His style is super, uh, what's the word, recognizable, iconic in a way. And from what I'm told, his process is to go um, on paper, so uh, analog, and then scan it in and uh, update, uh, like touch things up a little bit digitally add some kind of like white pen for extra highlights and things. Uh, I believe Kyle Farron also starts from ink and then transfers it to digital as well. Uh, the artist behind all the leader games titles. So just, yeah, really interested again in sort of what goes on on their side also. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is really cool. It sounds similar to what they do with the comic book art. I imagine so. Well, you guys have much better answers than I do, because honestly, I'm just excited if we can get any of the designers of any of the genius games, because how they fact check and take like something like school related, like science and make it fun, because I own multiple genius games. Like, I want to talk to them. I want to be like, how did you take a concept, these mechanics and something like science and make a really freaking good game out of it? Yeah. Educational games get like a bad rap all the time. And these are educational, but like subtly so. Yeah. Like you don't really realize until after you've played maybe how those mechanics are informed by the theme and vice versa. It's they do a really good job. 
God, they seriously do. I'm very excited. It's one of the reasons I love playing board games is how much I learn from playing them. I was talking with a friend the other day whose um, partner's family in Poland, and she had just been there as well uh, about a year or so ago um, and was talking about the challenges because it had been such news to her. A lot of the history that Poland has gone through over the, particularly in the 21st or the 20th century. Um, And so I was sharing with her, I was like, oh yes, of course. Right. Because it's been rebuilt over different times because of wars, et cetera. And I was, and I shared, I was like, I know that because of a game called Warsaw city of ruins, which plays you through this history. And we ended up having, such an interesting conversation and I learned more, but also only new to even dive into that uh, era and that um, some of the history that's there because of the board game. I genuinely would have had no idea, but the very um, nature of the game is to take you through those different eras of history and the ways that the country has had to rebuild itself over and over again. And I I was like, wow, look at board games, <laughs> just making connections all over the place. So I'm such a fan of the ways that we can learn from either intentionally being educational or even just being a really interesting theme that allows you to ask questions and be curious and um, and, and make new connections about the world we're in. I think that's really cool. Incredible. I definitely agree. I'm very excited to hear from many, many guests in the future. Just along those lines, we have been talking for a bit here. So how about we meet up at our next podcast and hopefully everyone else is going to join in with us. But uh, signing out, this is Danielle Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at Creative DMR or on Facebook at DMR Creative Group or on my Instagram at Token Gamer, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R. And I'm Denise, and you can find me on Twitter at year23, that's Y-E-A-R, and then the number 23, or on Instagram at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y-D-N. And I'm your friend, Ben Moy, found on Facebook, uh, Facebook page, your friend, Ben Moy, and just my personal profile, Ben Moy. Oh, awesome. Thank you for joining us for episode zero of The Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. We look forward to talking to you guys in two weeks. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. Join us next time.